I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. The ingredients, technically speaking, for dead people voting. The state of Connecticut mailed out 1.2 million absentee ballot applications. So people who figure that they may not be around on election day or for various reasons, or, you know, they don't know yet, but they may need to vote absentee by the deadline, can do so. The amazing aspect of this is that 100,000 of the applications came back as undeliverable. Mm. That would mean, technically speaking, as we get into dead people voting, that's why it's the ingredients for it. That you can take that person's name and if they don't ask for a picture ID, you're voting for those people. That justifies, and I said in the op-ed piece, the fact that in close elections, dead people have been the determining factor. Because unfortunately, people know how to utilize the fact that these people aren't going to be able to vote so I can put someone else in their place to vote. It's just too easy when you don't have a photo ID system. So I was astounded. It's a front page story in Connecticut because who would have thunk it? I mean, 100,000 came back undeliverable. You know, that means that they, they and I, here's what I put in the op-ed piece. I said, what would really be interesting is if someone did a little research and tracked the 100,000 people that they can't deliver it to and see if they voted last time. Because guess what? They're going to find that tens of thousands of people voted last time when they did not exist. I think it's a good, good story because it's very topical. It just happened Friday. And it's also uh, something that people should be aware of because it's a potential problem. And it also underscores the fact that for years, people have been left vulnerable because some people do know that these people are, do not exist and they know how to manipulate that to their advantage. Well, I have a question about that. Okay, go ahead. Do you think that that's going to happen more in particular, this election, because people are staying inside? Well, the whole process of voting by mail is something that some states have been doing over the years. It's something that was not that prominent when I was in office. But because of the pandemic, Gary, they have to really prepare for, for the worst possibility. I mean, right now they're looking at not even having true national conventions. I mean, it's going to be all scaled down, even on the Republican side. Okay, go ahead. Real quick, but don't you think it's awkward as well that they haven't decided to do voting online from home? Because that's an option that people can actually do now that we have all this technology. They can actually send something in the mail where like, it's a specific code for an individual and you can vote online. You know, Gary, that may uh, be something that uh, people will talk about. I don't think for this election, for 2020, but I do believe that it's possible in the future. The, the, 
concern, Gary, is that um, many of the voters that are your age would understand that and would, would probably want to do it that way. But voters who are over a certain age, let's say 50, 55, they have a hard time with that as far as understanding the integrity of their vote and whether or not someone can vote multiple times. And I know it can be stopped, but you know, for me, if, if someone brought up that point as a method of proceeding, I would think of Major League Baseball All-Star selections and the NBA All-Star selection process. They let you vote as many times as you want. You'll vote five times, and then they put a limit on it. Okay, you can't vote more than 20 times. So, okay, you vote 20 times. You can only vote five times a day. You know, so I, I think that people would uh, really fear well, that, that they can't be checked. And that, when all- That's not what I was mm-hmm. – I'm sorry. That's not what I was touching on. What I was really was saying was, you know, could we, you know, we all just did our census this year. Mm-hmm. They sent us a code, mm-hmm. and you can only do it one time. So you can set it up where you can only vote one time. No, yeah, I believe it. Can, it. I, I believe it can be done, but it's something that they would have to get started. They would have had to have gotten started on this a while back. I mean, they're just doing the mail part is going to be complicated, quite frankly, because <laughs> I think they're seeing that already. All I'm saying is, they should have multiple options to vote, and honestly, to get rid of the mailing point, because if the mailing thing is an issue, where people don't respond back to the mail. That's just a better way to do it, in my opinion. Well, well, yeah, the, the problem with the mail thing is not so much they did not respond. It's the fact that the Postal Service returned it, saying that they don't live there. That's the problem. The problem, problem is not the Ohio system of sending out, sending out information and you have to respond. That's just a normal thing that, that, that states and locales should do. But what's so damning about this story that ran just recently in Connecticut is the fact that the Postal Service says John Smith does not live here. And yet the Register of Voters believes he does. Now that they know that that, that John, that everyone knows John Smith doesn't live there, they'll back off on that. But had it not been for this camp, this type of canvassing, they don't, they don't like to hear that word canvassing, but it had not been for this type of inquiry by the election officials, we would have never known. I've always known that there have been thousands of votes, thousands of votes that have been m- manipulated in this manner. And I know it sounds so bad to be able to say this. Here we are. We're not a third world country. We are the greatest democracy in the world. But unfortunately, because both parties over the years, at least from my experience, going back many, many years, have participated in this process. The reason why it works is because Republicans only take dead Republicans and Democrats only take dead Democrats. So you never cross. So everyone does their thing. And, and whoever does better with dead people, you know, God bless them is where they look at. It. But it's sad. And if one party is giving in and doesn't want to campaign that hard or doesn't want to help the people who are running, they look the other way. And sometimes they allow them to take Dems. Dems allowed, are allowed to take Republican dead people as well as Democrat dead people. That's when you get a landslide, <laughs> and that's when that's when you get a landslide, and that's in many instances very unfortunate when that happens. I'm not saying I was part of one of those movies. Keep in mind when I ran and and lost in my fourth election, the guy who beat me went to jail. His 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 brother was arrested for doing fraudulent campaign things. So there's a lot of Mickey Mouse things going on in my election in 1996. But God knows best, and I'm very thankful. So since the last election was two years ago then that means 100,000 people have moved since then. 
That seems like a lot of people for Connecticut. It's like a lot of 10% of your population. They, they, one point, they sent out 1.2 million ballots or applications, 100,000. That's almost 10%. That's 8 or 9% of the people just were not there. I know they did this in my campaign. It's not even a question. And I played a role, as I've talked about before, doing the nuts and bolts of, of that system. But now that we've gotten into the 21st century, and now they want voting by mail, they discovered one of the main ingredients of the whole process. What we had to do, we had to sit down in the room and identify whether or not John Smith wasn't there anymore. We had to send people to various addresses and see if people were there anymore. They took care of that. <laughs> That's all they did was a mailing, and they have proof because the mail came back as undeliverable, which means the United States government, are, they're saying that this person does not exist at this address. Right, so they should be removed. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. all the more reason why they not should. They must be removed. They should not be given the opportunity to so-called vote in any shape, form, or fashion if they don't live there. And that, unfortunately, Gary, is what some people, liberal black Democrats have been crying this, is voter suppression. If the Republican Party, because they've been advocating this, would actually do what just happened as far as finding out. So here's what they're supposed to do. Every register of voters in every town, it's supposed to send out a card to people asking them if they still live there. And then you're supposed to fill out the card and say yes and send it back in. Now, in the state of Ohio, they have given people two or three times to respond. And then on the third time, if you don't respond to the mailer that you are actually there, they take you off the voting rolls. That was met with a civil rights lawsuit saying that the Republican Party is trying to purge the list of, of black voters. Now, granted, it goes to everybody, black, orange, purple, green. But they're saying that that was the Republicans' way of purging the voting rolls to give the Republican Party an advantage. Now, there are two problems with that. One is the Joe Biden philosophy of if you're black, you got to vote Democrat. So that's that they're taking that as, as an assumption that because the Republicans are finding that there are people who aren't really in existence still on the voting rolls and removing them, and oh, by the way, they were black, as being prejudicial to the Democrat Party. Great assumption, but it's, it shouldn't be that way because that, that's part of the problem. But more importantly, it's not purging anything. It's just verifying that you live there. Now that the Democrats have been crying for a vote by mail, and this may be a necessity in light of the pandemic, and our a very, very, you know, obviously non-presidential secretary of state of all the states, some Democrats, some Republicans, mailed out all this information, and they have gotten it back as undeliverable. Connecticut's not the only state that's had this happen. There have been a number of states that have mailed out these forms for, for absentee ballot voting, and ton, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, have come back. That should be the number one news story on every single cable station and every single network. Because that truly tears at the integrity of the whole electoral process, which is what these cable shows are talking about on, a, on an hourly basis. The electoral process is whether or not Trump or Biden is going to win. So if you're going to talk about that 24-7, I think the most important aspect of it is how you vote and whether or not there's fraudulent voting done being done. 
And so that would be ingredient number one as far as how dead people vote. Gary, getting back to your voting from a different location from your home, they're struggling with that in Congress because a lot of members of Congress um, are, do not want to come back into Washington, D.C. To, uh, to vote for various reasons. They would have to get into a pl- on a plane. They would have to get on a train or whatever or in their car. And they're um, com- kind of reluctant, like most Americans. So the Speaker of the House had tried to allow members to vote remotely, vote from their home. And that was turned away. People said, no, that should not happen. However, they are allowed to still stay in their home, participate in committee meetings via technology, Zoom or Google has one, I guess, as well. And they are able to vote and participate in committee meetings from afar. Would I have thought this 20 years ago? No, I would never have thought that. In some instances, they can vote on the House floor through proxy, which means that they can give their vote to a particular person, and when their name is announced, John Smith, Mary Jones could say, I'm Mary Jones, and I'm, I have the vote of, of John Smith, and John Smith votes I, and that can be done. It should be also known that when I served, members were able to do that in a committee meeting as well. If they weren't present, they can give their vote, their proxy, they call it to another member. But now they're doing it where members can actually vote from their living room via proxy on the house floor. So the pandemic has caused us all to be a little more creative and utilizing technology is something that they're all looking at and and trying to, to adjust accordingly. But for voting for this presidential election and all the other positions, Congress, state senator, state rep, U.S. Senate in some instances, governor in some instances. It's getting late to be able to make any real sharp turns one way or the other. What they would like to be able to always do, Gary, and this is the key part, a very key part, is to be able to come push turns to shove, show how everyone voted via their paper, via what's on their paper that has their name on it. So in some instances, it's the absentee ballot or at least not their name on the ballot per se, but their envelope would have their their name on it. Because obviously once the envelope's open, they don't want people to see the name of anyone and how they voted. That's not what what I'm saying. But they would like to be able to put their hands on each and every ballot for Donald Trump or for Joe Biden if push turned to shove. And quite frankly, push did turn to shove in 2000. And they had to pull out all of the ballots in Florida, or at least in certain counties in Florida, and actually count the ballots by hand. That becomes difficult if we do online, if we do the online ballot type of election. So those are some of the things they have to look at, because they do have, they do understand that sometimes there's going to be a recount. There's going to be a situation where the election is so close that someone's going to ask to count all the ballots again, and they have to have something that they can look at. Now, I'm sure technology, online stuff can manifest that, but all that has to be worked through. But it's an excellent, well, excellent question, Gary. Well, I think they actually could do it by online. Like I was saying, if every person or every household gets their own code, 
that they use, just like for the census, we all had our own code that we had to use. Then it can be done because then they can just go back and type in, okay, so-and-so, you know, match the code to the individual and they can actually do it that way. But that would take a long time, obviously. Probably it would have to start at the lower levels to see if that actually works first before it gets to the presidency and stuff like that, you know, those type of races. But I think they could start doing that. It's it's a um, idea, Gary. But keep in mind, what do they do? They they send these ballots to the, when they were doing the census. They sent those letters to to anyone. It was said occupant, and everyone everyone got it. So even if I did not live there, or if I lived there, but I had another place where I also lived in another state, I could actually vote twice because. I will take my my census thing that I got here, and put my name on it, and go to another. And, but I hear what you're saying. It, it, but so Gary, there's tremendous credence to what you're saying, and believe me, I believe in your lifetime they're gonna work on getting that done because it makes all the sense in the world. But what I wanted to highlight is just the fact, and I got my tongue in my cheek because I think it's hilarious, is the fact that one hundred thousand applications for absentee ballots came back as I, they don't live there. They do not exist. That's what the post office is saying. That's what the United States government is saying. And that, folks, is the beginning of how dead people get their opportunity to continue to participate in the electoral process. Now, is there a person in your campaign, it's their job to know all this is going on? What do you mean by knowing that it's going on? I'm not sure if I understand the question. Well, well, what I mean is, obviously, it seems that the parties do this, right? So I'm saying, is there someone in your campaign that will let you know that, that these things are occurring? So, so at least you are aware of it's, a foul play occurring? It, it, Gary, it's handled at the top levels of the parties. You're running for state rep or state senate or congress. You're out there just running. And you, you do have people that you have. I have people at every single not every single ballot, not every single voting place. But when I ran for city council, I had just about every single voting place covered. I had a relative, a cousin, almost at every single polling place. And in some instances, you know, they, they would say, hey, I saw, I saw someone vote twice. I saw someone going in three times. And we would try to note it, but it's, it's a situation where it's very difficult. I remember one time I was in a part of my congressional district and I confronted a guy and said, haven't you been here before? He just had a different shirt on. That was his change. And someone asked, what's your name? He said, he said a name that was as common as John Doe or common as John Smith. It's, it's something, it's, it's one of those secrets, Gary. It's one of those uh, secrets, but that needs to be exposed and needs to be dealt with. I believe that the overall general media is trying to sweep this under the rug as all oh, it only happens one percent well if i know 10 people went to jail because of it in 1986 if i know 10 people i mean I don't, if if they're during my election even my, my opponent's brother i mean what i mean what how what's the odds of those things happening no it has to be looked into and it has nothing 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 to do with any type of voter suppression i mean it's it, that is almost insulting that's insulting to the thousands of black people who were lynched because of real voting suppression. And that is one of the reasons why my family left the South to go to Connecticut, because we were being threatened by the Ku Klux Klan and being killed 
because they didn't want us to vote. That's real voter suppression. Not asking a person to verify that they live there. Not asking a person to do exactly what they would do if they were getting on an airplane, show a picture ID. That's not voting suppression. In fact, you ask that of everybody. Not There's no sense of voter suppression. And keep in mind, Gary, that in 2012, 2012, this is the real killer. And I got the newspaper here. It's, it's, it's May 9th, 2013, Washington Post. And it says here that more black people voted in, in the 2012 election. More black people voted percentage-wise than white people in 2012. It was the first time that it happened. The 2012 election produced another demographic milestone in the changing face of the nation as African-Americans voted at a higher rate than whites for the first time ever. I'm trying to understand this voter suppression thing. I really am. But the facts don't bear it out. Now, are there people out there who are trying to do bad? Yes, there are always people out there trying to do bad things. But the bottom line is the proof is in the pudding. In the 2012 election, more blacks voted than white people percentage-wise. I don't know what to say. I didn't see like the 2016 results, but um, we need to make sure that the integrity of our voting process is impeccable, period. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. So has there been fraud in the elections? Yes, Gary, there has been fraud in elections, and I don't want to overly taint it because for the most part, elections are clean and they are fair and they're done in a way in which we all can be very, very proud of. However, there are flaws in every system and there's a major flaw in our election system. At least there was one in, in the state of Connecticut. I know that for a fact. In 1986, about eight or nine or I think maybe even 10 people went to jail in the 1986 Democratic primary in Waterbury. How did they get caught? Well, they took the same dead people. They took the same people and those individuals ended up voting twice and it became a problem. As I said before, that's why Democrats stick with only Democrats, Republicans only stick with only Republicans. However, when there's a Democrat primary, that's a problem. Democrats go after each other. And so when that happened, it actually helped me in my 1990 election because if there were eight people who were arrested and sent to jail for voter fraud, four were with one group of Democrats and four was with the other side of Democrats. So they hated each other. That party was fractured in Waterbury among those two forces, which helped me 
to win in 1990 because I was running against one of the forces. And because of that, and because of the anger that was present, because you know four people went to jail for voter fraud, it actually meant I got some votes from the Democrats that I would probably not normally have gotten. Looking back over the last, I don't know, 30 years, no Republican has received more votes from Waterbury in the federal election than I did. And it was in that election. I think that was my high watermark, quite frankly, when I ran from a federal perspective. So let's get back to the question of the voter act, voting act being reinstated. I I strongly believe that it should be. Why? Because why not? (laughs) That's why. Why not? Give me a reason. Why not? And I would say (laughs) that it should not be. The Republicans are giving the Democrats an issue that makes no sense. Every president has just said, okay, fine. Every every Congress has said, okay, fine. Why are you jerks saying, well, it's not, it's not. there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason to pick a fight here. No reason. Now, let's get back to my regular, what I was talking about before, and that is the fact that the voter suppression argument, however, is kind of a weak one. Because as I said earlier, and I'm taking this directly because I don't want to be plagiarizing. Another person who's running for president was accused of that. But he um, he decided to apologize, and you guys gave him a mulligan, and he's running for president now. So this comes from the Washington Post on May 9th, 2013. And the story is written by Dan Blas, B-A-L-Z, and Ted Melnick, M-E-L-L. N-I-K. Let's go back to the, the text of the of the article. The article, as I mentioned, I mentioned part of it already, but one part that I found very interesting was Romney's campaign assumed that black turnout would not match the levels of Obama's first campaign in 2008 because of the historic nature of that election. Well, instead, African-Americans turned out in bigger numbers and at a higher rate than ever in November 2012. And that is why Romney lost. The vast majority, maybe 97 percent, listened to the mantra of you got to have his back. Noted, however, was that the this is in this article as well. Obama won just 39 percent of the white vote in November of 2012. So he lost the white vote by nearly 20 percentage points. That's a landslide. Now, the report provides fresh evidence of how higher turnout rates among African-Americans and the rapidly growing Hispanic population continue to reshape the electorate in presidential elections. The report found that both blacks and Hispanics voted in higher raw numbers in 2012 than in 2008, helping to propel President Obama to a re-election victory over Republican Mitt Romney. The evidence is very clear in terms of the participation rate. The Census Bureau survey said that 66% of eligible black voters turned out in November, compared with 64% of the eligible white voters. Yes, I did say that right a higher percentage of black people voted in 2012 than white Americans. So maybe there was some white voter suppression going on. I don't know. I didn't didn't see that either. But 
the bottom line of it is we are not looking at the 19th century when voters in the in states in the south had black people literally eliminated from the voting rolls through true suppression which was um lynching okay <laughs> which which was the clan burning across in front of your yard and telling you not to vote uh, and and what happened with voter suppression such as you can't vote unless your granddaddy voted that which means you have to be partially white or poll taxes things of that none of those things are happening if and if one would like to stretch and i say that as 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 sincerely as I can, because it is a major stress since passports and everything else, getting on the plane, everything is based on a picture. You can't call that discriminatory because then you're saying that the entire world, they require passports. They're a bunch of, I don't know what, because the entire world is mostly of color. <laughs> so I don't understand the logic of pictures being the problem. I mean, you can, I don't know. But, but anyhow, moving right along, next time we talk about the whole issue of voter fraud, I am going to tell you more about that story that happened in 1986. And then I'm going to tell you about my story in 1996. And I think you'll find both very enlightening. At this point in time, enjoy your day. Don't forget to subscribe.